Hello, and welcome to Decency with DeLorean, the show on which I tell you I don't have much to say, then proceed to talk for 35 minutes. Boy, have I missed you guys. I can't say that I do have much to talk about, since all I do is work and, um, well, now shop for houses, as I am living with my ex-boyfriend, and it's weird, and there's nothing like shopping for houses to remind you that you are not rich. It's like, every day I look for houses and I go, oh, huh, well, I guess I'm not independently wealthy, so I can't afford a place that's comfortable to live in. But I can't afford this cardboard box. Um, In the same way that every day I get into my car, I'm reminded that I'm not a trophy wife and that I did have to buy my own car and that's why it costs $4,500. And then um, every week on my, this is in air quotes, my Monday, I'm reminded that I have to work because when I look in the mirror, I see a woman who shouldn't have to work, but yet is too stubborn to be kept as a concubine by a wealthy man and then just stubbornly goes to work 40, 50 hours a week rather than let someone keep them as a pet. And... It is the right decision I'm making. You guys have listened to my diatribes on how you need to stack your own paper, be in control of your own life, control your own destiny. When you accept other people's money, you accept their opinions. That's a quote from my friend Alex. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't give a fuck about anyone else's opinion. So it means I don't give a fuck about anybody else's money. So here I am being constantly reminded that I'm not independently wealthy, that I do pay for my own shit, and I am working class, and it is fun and exciting. Uh, (laughs) But you know what, guys? Here's the good news, is when I do buy this, this house, when I do buy my own dang house, I will record decency with DeLorean more often, because frequently the time that I'm like, in the mood to rant, that I'm all worked up, is post-work. Because I'm a bartender, I consume a lot of caffeine throughout my shift in order to be able to stay up till three in the morning when I get off work. And then there's this time where I have like a 30-minute, 35-minute commute home, and I am so worked up, full of rants. Um, But because I have a longer commute, uh... And then by the time I get home, not only am I a little more tired, but also I live with someone else. And so like ranting at four in the morning, like isn't the best time. But when I get my own house that's closer to my work, I can zip home, go to my pre-set up studio and just rant, 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 because that's what I'm feeling my most decent, my most DeLorean is after about five energy drinks. And don't slide into my DMs and talk to me about my caffeine intake. I know on my days off, I don't really drink caffeine. But when I'm at work, I do what I need to do to make that shatter. And it involves a little go-go juice. Okay? Okay?
Let me have it. I'm not drinking Red Bulls. I'm drinking um, Highballs. They are an energy seltzer. No artificial sweeteners or colors added. Or I drink a Zevia brand energy drink made with Stevia. And uh, so I'm not getting a bunch of sugar or artificial crap. So don't at me. Don't at me. I do what I have to do to stack my own paper so that I can smile and nod as I run around and make sure that people can get increasingly more drunk and uh, they can attempt to hit on me and I can just go ha 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 and walk away and then I come back and they have left uh, a 50% tip for me because that's the way that's the way into my heart into my soul not into my hole I'm gonna be honest I don't really give it up but the way into my heart and my soul is through fiscal contributions. So when these drunk monsters are, you know, living their lives on top of a bar stool, you know who else likes stools? Toads, because they sit on toad stools. So while these toads are sitting on their toad stools and they are talking about things that they barely know about, but they're very opinionated because they've been drinking and it gives them that sort of, actually, and most people, they don't need to drink to get like this. They just, it's like, oh, let me tell you how the world is. <laughs> I have a clerical job. I know everything about medicine. <laughs> like, oh, who, what are, who are you a, who are you a secretary for? Oh, a small airline? <laughs> Okay, yeah, please, go on. Tell me more about medicine. Um, while they're doing this, while these toads are toadstooling and getting opinionated and talking about bullshit that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And that's, hey, listen, hey, I have a podcast. I talk about plenty of things. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but at least I, I admit to it. I never am like, I have the totality of knowledge on this topic. Let me tell you how it is. Let me tell you how the world works. I'm also not a man, so I don't have that paternalism where I'm like, listen up, young ladies. I am an authority on everything. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm Caucasian. I have a penis. And um, that grants me the authority to speak on many matters of which I actually have never studied. Um, okay. While these toads are getting drunk on their toadstools, the way into my heart, the way into me appreciating them as a human being and treating them, well, giving them the old friendship experience, which is what I offer, which is why I make really good tips at my job, because I offer the friendship experience. I once had a customer at a different job say, you know, Sid, I've noticed that you treat everyone with respect, whether or not they deserve it. And uh, they were right. And that's the nature of the game. Friendship experience. Anyways, the way for me to fully grow to love these people, despite the fact that the whole world has deemed them unlovable, their families have deemed them unlovable, which is why they're spending 40 hours a week at a bar and not at home. But I will treat them as though they are lovable if they give me copious amounts of money. And that's it. That's the way to grease my wheels, basically. I'm in, I am in the business 
of ex- not it's not just about the drinks and getting the drinks in a timely manner and getting the food in a timely manner and making sure they have all the accoutrement that they need to have a comfortable uh, dining and drinking experience. It's not just that. That's not solely my job. My job is to listen to them and show empathy and understanding and then a call back when they tell me something and then I follow up the next time I see them with a question about that something. That's what money gets you. Money gets you the DeLorean friendship experience. And I think that's that's an important service that I'm offering because I'm making people feel loved and cared for. And over time, you do develop an affection for your regulars because the, they are my people. They do take care of me. And, you know, a lot of times, like, I take home mending for my customers, and I don't ask for payment for that because they're going to tip me more money on their receipt. And it's, like, not a big deal for me to, like, zip-zap something on my sewing machine. I'm not, I'm not tuning anyone's engine. I'm not making anyone's wedding dress. And it's because um, – well, it's because – Bar regulars are, to- are totally unmarriable. Uh, how are you going to meet the love of your life? You're living it on a toadstool. If you want to marry another toad, maybe. I've seen it happen. I've seen a couple of toads fall in love. But usually it's just for the night because what happens is they discover that they, the other person has problems because nobody drinks seven days a week unless they have problems, unless they have Things in their life that they're avoiding or they have internal issues or mental health problems that they are self-medicating. And so guess what? You hook up because you fell, you got drunk enough, you fell in love with, for one night. And then over the course of the next week, as you get to know the person, you realize like, oh, they're fucked up or they're crazy. And the other person is saying the same thing. You know what I mean? Like they're just saying it about each other being like, oh, they're crazy. And I've seen it happen where people be like, oh, no, she's crazy. And then the girl is like, oh, my God, look at these texts from him. He's crazy. I'm like, yep. Well, yeah, actually, you both are. But I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because... You're mentally damaged and your mental health problems, your avoidance of the issues in your life has allowed me to be in a position to attempt to buy a home. And I'm going to let it happen. I'm going to let it happen. And, <laughs> and I do think about that a lot where it's like with, with the alcoholics, it's like they complain to you about their problems. And their problems, you can totally tell, all circle back to the root of alcohol. Because, you know, like, listen, you're not going to be good at life if you're drunk all the time. You're not. You're not. Because you know what you can't do when you're drunk? Cross your T's, dot your I's. You can't do it. It's not going to happen. Things fall through the, the cracks. And then you have problems due to things falling through the cracks, like forgetting to renew your car registration or get an oil change or send in some sort of legal document or remember your wife's birthday. Like you're going to you're going to fucking forget things. Things are going to fall through the cracks because you are not operating at full capacity when you're drunk every day. And then you're going to be upset about the problems that have arisen from your lack of attention to your own life. And rather than go, fuck, I need to fucking address these problems, you're going to be upset about the problem and you're going to drink to avoid it 
further. And that, my friends, is the cycle of alcoholism. And it's why I believe avoidance is such a bad thing because, and this is how I work in my life, when something bad happens, I, I, I have some sort of trauma or incident, whatever. I give myself one day to cry. And I think I've already talked about this recently on the podcast. I'm becoming a broken record. You give yourself one day to cry, cry it out, watch a movie, whatever. And guess what? The next morning, you're going to wake up at 6 a.m. and address the issue. And then, and here's the best thing about dealing with problems. Once you deal with them, they're gone. You don't have to deal with them anymore. And we have all done this. Like we've all had a sink full of dishes that we're like avoiding because we're like, oh, God, there's so many dishes in that sink. There's so many. I just don't. Oh, I can't get into all that. Like I would wash them right now if it was like a couple, but it's so many. So you avoid doing the dishes, which means you're just piling more dishes on top of those dishes. And then when you finally break down to do that sink of dishes, it's like 15 minutes of your life. And you spent more than 15 minutes stressing about how many dirty dishes you had. You spent, let's say, let's say avoid, you avoided this sink of dishes for two, three days. You're just like, ugh, I can't deal with it. Ugh, ugh. So you spent three days avoiding something that when you finally chose to address it, took 15 minutes. And that is an analogy for many of life's problems. Like, you just, when you avoid problems, you take on so much fucking stress you just fret over things. And I do not like fretting. I don't like carrying emotional baggage. I don't like any of that shit. I don't like things weighing heavy on my heart. So like I am a solutions person. I am like, all right, here's the problem. Let's work it out. Let's talk it out. What are possible solutions? What are possible avenues to deal with this issue? And let's fucking start. Let's fucking start on this journey. Because if I am at point A and I need to get to point B, and there's a certain amount of time that takes me to get from point A to point B. The sooner I start walking, <laughs> the sooner I'm going to get to point B. You know what I mean? So you can just, you, you can ham and haw at the starting line or you can fucking get after it. Take a minute. Take a minute to make sure that the course, you're going on the right course before you start walking. You don't want to, you don't want to walk, start walking away from point B. You want to make sure, okay, this is the way to get me to where I need to be. I'm going to start walking on that path. So you put a little thought in, all right, what are the best avenues? What are the best ways to get where I need to be? Pick one, pick a course. All right, let's go. Let's fucking go. Because yeah, hemming and hawing at the starting line is for people who never actually want to get to the finish line. They're they, number one, maybe are scared of the journey. Hey, raise your hand. How many people have been at jobs for years that they don't like, but they are scared of applying for jobs? Or, you know, it's like they say the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Like, it's like, oh, I hate my job. I'm miserable. They don't pay me very much. But the their fear of the unknown keeps them from trying to change their situation. Or they're scared to go to, they want to lose weight. They're scared to go to a gym. They're scared to stop eating carbs. Talk about self-medicating. Carbs are a fucking drug and America is addicted. Um, because as a former carb addict, 
carbohydrates feel like hugs from the inside. But anyways, so there are those people who live their whole life and they never get off the starting block. And there are those crazy people who dive in and they start running in the wrong, wrong direction. They don't, they don't win the race. They don't, they don't even finish the race because they're off somewhere else. They're zigzagging through the woods. But you think a little bit and you go, all right, which way am I going? All right, I'm going this way. This is where I need to go. And then you fucking get off those starting blocks because, well, for me, the fear of emotionally, like the emotional burden of like bad situations or unfinished tax, like that discomfort that I feel is scarier to me than taking off into what could be kind of the unknown. But you know what? This is how you get over fear of the unknown. You research. There's something you want to do. You want to buy a house, for instance. And guess what? You can talk to people who've bought houses. You can talk to people who do mortgages. You can talk to people who are real estate agents. You can go on forums. You can read articles. All of these things make that gap between where you are and where you want to be less scary because a million people millions of people have done whatever it is you need to do in life. Millions of people have done that before. And we are blessed with the internet. We've also blessed with strangers and community where we can talk to people and get their experience with the journey that we want to take. And then you're like, okay, well now I know where I want to be. I have an idea of what the journey is going to be like. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Because sitting with the discomfort of unhappiness is way worse than me. Way or way worse to me. Wow. Did I just say something's worse than me? Nothing is worse than me. Nothing's better than me either. It's weird. I am um I am all things. I am all things. I am one woman with one microphone. Um but yeah, like I can't sitting with the discomfort, like I know people who stay in relationships that they're unhappy with because the idea of figuring out like the technicalities of like moving on, divvying up assets, finding a place, doing whatever, like they're like, oh God, I couldn't. And it feels, the tasks feel overwhelming. And you know what helps when you feel overwhelmed? Making a list. You make a list and you go one step at a time. If sobriety has taught me anything, it's one day at a time. And that is how you get through. And also my job, which involves like a high level of fast-paced multitasking in which you constantly have to shuffle around your priority list in your head to make sure everyone gets what they need to get in the order that they need it. Like that's, I think, helped me in life because I'm able to be like, okay, you know what? This thing popped up but it's more important than the other thing I was working on. So we're going to get that done. Go back to the other thing. You make a list, you go through the steps, you do your research and you get the fuck off the starting blocks. Um, And I know people who it's like they're unhappy in their jobs. They're not making a lot of money, whatever. It's like, okay, who do you know who's in your career field? Have them help you with your resume. Go over your resume revamp that resume, which when you get a good resume rewrite, it makes you think 
more highly of yourself because you're looking at yourself on paper, but in the most glowing terms. And then you go, oh yeah, I do do that. I do have this skill set. I do whatever. And so then you go, all right. And you get people who work in your field, hire in your field, whatever, to help go over your resume, your cover letter, help talk to them about salary negotiations, go on Glassdoor and look at what, because in today's, uh, whatever, I listen to a lot of professional development podcasts, which is weird for a bartender. I recognize that, but I've been in and out of the professional world. Um, Anyways, but um, in today's job marketplace, you don't stick with a company and get raises through the company because companies don't want to give you raises. So you have to generally, you know, get new jobs within the field. And with each new job, you can demand a higher salary. And that's the way it works, according to many uh, career advisors that I listen to. Uh, so yeah, you just do the thing. You do the thing. That sort of like quiet ache of unhappiness. I don't want to live with that. I do not want to live with that. I want to fucking cut that cancer out. How do I get rid of this quiet ache of unhappiness? I decide what will make me happy. How will I get there? And I fucking start the journey. And then life gets better because the journey brings new events and adventures. And like, that is ultimately what we need as human beings. Like we are not designed to live in the level of comfort that we live in, where it's like job, home, cable, climate control, whatever. You need to challenge yourself physically and mentally, and you end up being a happier person because we come from these primal beings that needed to fight to survive and eat and whatever. And complacency is actually bad for your mental health. It puts you in this sort of like state of ennui. And um, I think that is an epidemic, right? Like we have, we live in this modern society, we have all these creature comforts, whatever, and it gives us ennui. It does. It just does. Like vacation is fun for like, for me, like, three days of kind of chilling, relaxing. And that's like my max. And, but if I have like more vacation, I'm just like, I get kind of like squirrely. I get squirrely because it, I, I, it's why I started when I would go on longer vacations with the ex, like bringing my gym stuff because it's like, okay, yeah, it's vacation, but like, I got to start this day with a sweat. Let's get this day going. I got to sweat. I also, I don't, like I like a vacation where there's a lot of walking and adventuring. Like I like to wear myself out and that is where my mind and body are at their happy, happiest. Just kind of sitting around being a couch potato, whatever. It doesn't do much for me. It's not, I don't love it. I don't love it. I like to have goals, be working towards them. I like to be draining myself physically and mentally. That's where I feel my best. And that's where my depression is the furthest in the rearview mirror. When I'm working towards a goal, it's leaving, it leaves my depression in the dust versus if I don't have like a project at hand, I don't have goals at hand. I don't have things. I'm not on a path. I don't have a direction. That depression comes up and is like, uh, Hey, I noticed there was like vacancy in your mind and body. And I'm here to make you feel like garbage. It's like, oh, fuck off. Fuck off depression. Don't you remember? We're so not friends anymore. Um, I'm not saying this is the way for everyone, but I just think that it is beneficial 
to have things that you're working towards and doing and like even if they're silly things like I don't know like I have a friend who as a grown adult learned how to play violin like a grown adult married children it's just because like you need to be like learning new things and I know people who think like oh like if I didn't learn it when I was a child or a teenager that's it I am who I am I'm fully formed and I don't think that that's like the worst way to live you're never fully formed keep evolving keep growing mutate (laughs) um anyways well, okay, I, I joked in the beginning that I was going to talk for 35 minutes, but it's been 23, so I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I, I love you guys. Thank you for listening, particularly my Patreon supporters, because like I've reached a point with the podcast where I break even, and that's so exciting to me, because for like 10 years, I lost money, and now I like it pays for itself, and I feel very fortunate, and um, I love you. <laughs>